We are back. Warp and Move Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Glad to be here yet again this week. And we're going to be talking about serving our neighborhoods and communities with Fran Neal. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about housing, the importance of affordable housing, economic mobility, all kinds of great stuff. Before we do that, let me just reacquaint you once again with what sponsors our show, the Cominius Institute. At Cominius, we cross three bridges. The first bridge we cross is into college, as we're helping college young people who are Christians to think Christianly about the kinds of things that they're getting in college at IUPUI. Glad also to be have, have been asked to teach there. I'm glad to teach with some fantastic faculty, and the opportunities there are just magnanimous. Uh, the second bridge we cross into, into communities, and we principally do that because we have a radio show. We've been doing this for three and a half years now, have over 175 episodes, over 200 guests, uh, connecting individuals in and around Indianapolis who are doing good, Christians who are doing good, based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. And then the third bridge we cross is into culture, and that uh, cultural bridge is into all of the different aspects of life that we engage uh, you can find me constantly uh, speaking on things and writing about topics on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, all kinds of essays being published, that kind of bit. And also look for our Truth and Two. Go to our uh, YouTube website, our Cominius Institute uh, YouTube website, and our warpandwoof.org website. That's W-A-R-P-A-N-D-W-O-O-F.org and ComminiusInstitute.org or .com to see all of the past TNTs, that is the truth in twos that we've been putting out about Christian truth in two minutes. And we do this based on a story format. That is, we always connect what we're teaching to story. That's really important to us. But today, we have yet another episode in the life of Indianapolis, bringing in Fran Neal to talk with us today about the importance of business, the importance of housing, the importance of purchasing homes and how that's done, economic mobility. We'll talk about all kinds of things. But first of all, welcome to the show, Fran. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So, uh, Fran, just uh, to start us off, give us just a little bit uh, overview about yourself, your family, your church. Give a shout out to whoever you'd like. <laughs> well, um, good morning. My name is Fran Neal. I'm actually a, a licensed mortgage uh loan officer here um, for the city of Indianapolis. Um, I've uh, been there off and on for about 13 years. I'm originally from Gary, Indiana, and uh, shout out to Gary, Indiana. There you go. <laughs> and uh, in addition to that, um, I have uh, a beautiful wife, I have a loving son, I have two pit bulls, and I am absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much uh, my claim to fame. Oh, so, and, and you uh, attend uh, what church in the city? I am, I am actually attending Phillips Temple CME. There you uh, go. There I am a, a musician. Yes, and tell everybody what you play. I am a drum. That's the longest job, actually, I've had for about 30 years. There you go. Yeah, so uh, we, I think the last, a couple of times we met over lunch, uh, we talked a little bit about the kitchen, the noodle, and, you know, <laughs> Uh, a little yes, bit of jazz. Did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. That was, that was yes, a fun, fun segue there. So today, uh, we've asked you on the show to talk about some things that are really important, really, to everybody, sure. uh, which is about housing um, and the kind of work that you do uh, in the housing field. So 
let's start off with some, you know, 30,000 foot view of what the situation is housing wise for people just generally. Then maybe you want to come into the state of Indiana and maybe then specifically into the city of Indianapolis. Give us a sense of what's going on out there in terms of housing. So right now, at this point of time, um, the housing market is very, very um, high, and which is a good in some um, facets. It's very, very good. Um, you have a you have you have those individuals who are um, looking for houses or obtaining houses, little no problems whatsoever. Um, housing market right now. Uh, Indianapolis is ranked seven as, as far as being one of the most affordable places to live um, right now. And that's with 1.9 million people being here. And that's seventh out of what? Seventh out of 25. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yes. Um, we in CNN Money, we, um, they have been ranked in the top three um, for 2017 as well as 2015. Um, they... So this is Indianapolis in comparison to the rest of the nation, right? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, and then right now, I mean, at this point in time, we're about to see a second. And for for Indiana as a whole, we're ranked 10th in the nation for home growth and development. Wow. Yeah. So uh, just because I know a little bit of something about this, I'll see if this is true or not. Uh, is it true that uh, where I live in Fishers in Hamilton County, is it one of the fastest growing counties in the nation? Absolutely, yes. Okay. It is one of the fastest growing counties in the nation. Wow. And uh, what really fascinates me is uh, when I talk with people about housing costs, uh, and I tell them that I live in Fishers, I live in Indianapolis, and I tell them how much my house costs. And just take, for instance, when my little sister comes to visit or my mom comes to visit uh, from Denver, they will say to me, your home and the property that you have would go for three quarters of a million dollars and up in Denver. Absolutely. So it really is about location, 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 location. <laughs> yes. Um, I watch HGTV a lot. And... Uh, it was one of the things that you can find a 1,200 square foot house in California, just as an example, and it's like half a million dollars, three quarters of a million dollars. And I was like, how is that possible? That house is no more than maybe about six feet, seven thousand. So it's definitely about location. It's definitely about location. I find that uh, fascinating because, you know, the house, we live in a subdivision, like so many people live in subdivisions, and it's like, you know, no big deal. I think maybe there are six different models of homes in that subdivision. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, we've gone in and built something brand new to certain specs, you know, that kind of thing. It was there. We purchased the home uh, kind of run of the mill in the sense that uh, uh, they're like other homes. But in this case, when you're talking about national stats now, you're talking about this being one of the most affordable places in the United States. To live. Absolutely. I mean, right now at this point in time, uh, we have uh, a lot of jobs, people coming from both coasts, both east and west coast, coming to live here because the cost of living is, is really, really affordable. Um, we have those people who are at four <laughs> before even looking at the houses because of the cost, um, which, is, which is really, really good. But at this point in time, what I want to make sure 
is that those individuals who have low to moderate income have their fair share or their fair shot as a, as going into uh, buying and purchasing houses and being able to turn the next page of their lives. So, so let's, let's make the segue into that particular discussion because this is the important issue for people who are living in Indianapolis who are maybe middle income and below. Mm-hmm. Their opportunities may not be like other people's opportunities uh, in terms of mobility, coming from one place to another, easy to move from one place to another, one house to another. Tell us about that situation. Well, I mean, it's actually a double-edged sword. Number one is because some of the resources are out there. They're within the lenders, but yet still it's not really educated. So you have the lack of knowledge on one side, Mm -hmm. and then the other side, you, you have the, the lack of discipline. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay. When you say lack of discipline, you mean by that, what, what, is, what is lacking in terms of discipline? Well, I mean, people's choices, choices, um, you're interested, just as an example, you're interested in uh, purchasing the next car as opposed to purchasing the next house. Or, mm-hmm. um, and it's no offense. I mean, if there's a need for it, by all means, go and do it. Yeah. Um, but what I want to do is kind of give you an idea and say, hey, if you have an opportunity to uh, to decrease your wants and increase your needs, you may be able to look at uh, possibly getting a new, uh, being able to own a home or own, and, and the other things will come along in time because Having a house is one of the largest, the largest uh, ticket items that you can actually have, you know, for a period of, for a long period of time. And it actually accrues uh, financial benefit. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, only because I just got my assessment uh, recently, of course, all the assessments are going up because, you know, people like the tax dollars, I'm sure, and among other things. But that's also beneficial to the people who live there. Yes, because if you turn around and sell your home, now you can sell for more than, and of course, we all know that. So let's talk about the issue of mobility and what is it that maybe uh, some people are struggling with in terms of mobility. Uh, You mentioned choice a moment ago, the issue of discipline. Um, Why is it, are there other external factors that make it more difficult for folks to move from the place that they grew up, go to a different place? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I think it's just because of the lack of knowledge and the lack of education that we have. Not necessarily. I mean, we have those people that have somewhat an inkling of what's going on, but there's some people that just have absolutely no idea. And that's where I come in. You know, I, you know, I have been one of those people. You know, um, why don't you tell people your story? Sure, that's no problem. I mean. Um, one of the things that I talk to a person, um, I just let them know that, hey, I mean, I've been there. You know, I, I, I did the bankruptcies things. I've done the, 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 the worst case, some of the worst case scenarios that you can even think of. I've, I've been there. And, you know, it came to a point that I just wanted more. You know what I mean? Uh, I, at that point in time, I was... Uh, living with my girlfriend, I mean, at that point in time, it was not my life, but but we 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 we, we had it tough. Yeah. We really had it tough. Um, 
and I wanted more overall. I, I, I think that they, they deserved better, and I was going to go uh, by hell or high water to go and make sure that that actually happened. And how did you go about the process so that people might make a connection between your story and maybe perhaps their own story and how they might turn their lives around to actually become homeowners? Um, I, I'll just tell them patience. Patience. Mm -hmm. Take time. Um, definitely um, look at things for what they are. Uh, smart guy to money. I believe it was Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey, smart guy to money, um, actually helped me out mm -hmm. a lot to just develop the, um, the know-how and what it is. And it's just the itty-bitty steps that that got me to where I was today. Yeah. 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 So uh, one of the most crucial financial statements I think that anybody could uh, interact with is, if you don't have it, don't spend it. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. If you don't have it, don't spend it. Or don't try to acquire some type of credit to go and get it because it's not doing anything more than increasing debt for you. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the universal principles that you help uh, homeowners come to grips with. Sure. If you were going to list, let's say, the top three, five, ten, take however long the list is, I don't know. Uh, tell us about some universal principles that you tell people, look, these are important ideas uh, in order for you to get ahead in terms of home ownership. Absolutely. Well, I go back to thinking about my dad. My dad sure. was saying, hey, if you have 50 cents or if you have a dollar, take 50 cents, put it to the side. There you go. Okay. For a while, I mean, for a little while, I didn't really have that that idea. That didn't make any sense. I don't trust that. I'm, what? What? I want to have a party. I want to have fun. I want to go and do this. But uh, what I found is that that actually happened. Um, that actually works. Uh, one thing about uh, the book, once again, Dave Ramsey's book, is that he says, start small. Take $1,000, put it in the savings, don't touch it. You know? And with that, what I found, it empowered me to have options. And it gave me a, a, a chance to look at things for what they were and say, well, you know, hey, do I have this money? Do I want to go and spend this money? No, I don't want to go and spend this money. I want to go and hold on to this money because I like the fact of having that. Yes, that's <laughs> right. There you go. So um, the first thing I would say is just say, say, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily be $1,000. Um, the only thing that we, you need, I mean, if, it, if it's $200 and you want to save 100 or 75 whatever is within your means, Look at it for what it is and save it. And do not touch it by any means. Don't touch it. It'll take care of you in the long run. Because at this point in time, in acquiring the house, everything is in the long run. The issue of longevity and patience. Mm -hmm. See, let's talk about playing the long game. That was one of the things that you and I talked about a little bit. Yes. Uh, in terms of uh, going back to the concept of patience, of course. But mm -hmm. when you think about owning a home, and uh, turning the next page, as you said earlier in the discussion, we were talking about this connection then to uh, thinking about 10 or 20 or 30 years down the road. And let's talk about that. When you talk with people, that universal concept, how does that strike them when you talk about those things? Well, they're actually afraid. Um, you know, 30 years is a long time for people, you know, and they, they say, oh, well, I'm going to be locked into this deck for 30 years, oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. But realistically, it's not. 
process. I mean, right now at this point, it's not that it's not that long. Sorry. Yeah. Let me clarify. Yeah. Sure. Um, the average homeowner um, looks at changing houses probably every five to seven years. Now, with how the interest rates are going up and everything, you're probably looking at between eight and ten. Okay. But yet, still, there's a lot of there's a lot of mobility and moving from an existing house to a new build, an existing house to you know a condo. You have people that are you know cha turning, changing changing their positions at all times. So, um, you know, empty nesters going from these, you know, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 square foot houses to just 1,800 square feet, and, you know, and they, and at that point, they're, 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 they're doing well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Uh, we're going to be uh, taking a break here coming up on, uh, uh, in just a couple of minutes, but before we do, uh, let's talk about uh, this, the importance of helping people to understand not just longevity, not just patience, not just the issue of saving, but let's talk about the necessity of discipline. We talked about that a moment ago, how uh, discipline is really important. How do you uh, help people get to that place? Do you just tell them about Dave Ramsey? Do you give them other directions to go or footprints to go or tell them a story about your dad or how do you do that? Well, really, truthfully, uh, what I do is I, I, I talk to them. You know, I, I interview them. Tell me what it is that you ultimately want to do um, when they come in. Well, I want to go and buy a house that's uh, aging under square feet. Well, tell me about what it is that, you know, you're paying currently right now. Well, I'm paying $600 in a month in this. Well, you can, in order to do this, you can go and do this, you know. Um, and, and not in, and not particularly in that, that number sense, but I, I, I want to know their needs and what it is that they want and what it is that they can afford. And ultimately I don't want them to be house poor, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, because yeah, it's good to have $200,000 pre-approval, but yet still not making, you know, making $125,000 payments per month on the house. It's not going to be beneficial for you at all. Yeah. So we want to get you into a place where you can actually stay. We're going to come back to that house poor concept after our break. You're listening to Warp and Move Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Group site. We're coming to you not only Facebook Live. We'll have a podcast later on that will be put up at the end of the uh, uh, the end of this particular week. And you're also listening to us on your earbuds, for for instance, at work. Uh, we're grateful for Josh Collingwood, who takes care of all of our tech stuff for us. Thankful for him. And Thanks, for, Josh. Yeah, see? He's thankful. And for and for Polly, who makes all the connections around town for us. Polly Riddell, who was our chief connections officer. Warp and Move Radio, one song break. We'll be right back. Facebook Live, we're still with us. HB's going to take a, a picture of us because... Tell us, um, give some love out to uh, Tamela Dickerson, man. She's on here. Okay. Hey, Tamil, how are you? It's good to hear from you. So you play with my boy Cheese Burl over here. Cheese, cheese, cheese. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> my doctor, dog. Man. <laughs> that is my brother. I, I ran with him for about 15, yeah. 15, 20 years. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a great guy. Oh, Funny man. guy. He's hysterical. Oh, he's hysterical. You know, that was yeah. another word. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, so one of the things that we find, you know, 
HB had a big smile on his face when you know you talked about being a drummer and mm -hmm. of course Cheeseboro and all the other connections. But sure. you know, HB has been doing promotions for years and years and years around Indy and knows all the folks at all these different places. So mm -hmm. it's fun to bring in people that make the other connections, other segues. Mm -hmm. We've actually had um, somebody here who uh, told us about the history of jazz. Mm -hmm. in yes, Indianapolis, which was a lot of fun. So we've well, gone in lots well, of different well. directions. All right. <laughs> 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 yeah, we got you covered, man. We're all good. We're all good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even want to think about that. This is. Uh, this is. Probably a nice segue to talk about uh, being house poor. Mm -hmm. Help everybody what to know what that means. House, what does house poor mean? And then what are some other concepts that you want to jump into uh, that'll help people that you think will be beneficial? For <laughs> and them? then my boy, Tony uh, Bradley, Bradley James, as he calls himself, said, "Go, Brian. You play all my guys, man. This is too funny." Mm -hmm. How the hell did you slip through the cracks? So here's the funniest thing, man. Um, I am a fan of the 70s and the 60s yeah. um, as far as music. Um, soul, punk, R&B, yeah. I am a fan of the 70s. I am, I don't know. Uh, and I got an appreciation through my dad who, listened, you know, uh, he's a fan of everything that came out of Sun Records. So um, I think that's where I developed my love and my passion for music. I said I used to creep through the cracks, man. I've been, doing, I I've been doing promotions and, and promoting music. All these guys that you know, from Phil Coleman to yeah. Rodney Step to mm -hmm. Cheeseburg to you know Yogi, all the cats. You know your fellow drummer keeps strong. Oh yeah, keeps strong. You know my guys, man. That's what I'm How did I know you? Oh, well, oh, that's scary. Well, well, I was on the circle. I was on the circles. Thank you. So, right, what we say to people is when 
you know, this thing goes out and it's going out now, but it will continue to get hits throughout the weekend and next week and so on. Sure. Uh, over 500 hits. Wow. People are watching and listening and, you know, the pod. So everything from when I first start posting all the way through the podcast, Facebook lives, we can get this stuff up. I archive these. They all go to our website. At least 500. Some of the shows really just take off. Like, for instance, if there are folks out there that uh, are hearing about housing and stuff, they might say to the friends, hey, you want to listen to this man? Let's check him out. And we are back. Warping Wolf Radio, Radio TV at the Cool Groove site. Glad to be with you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. And we have discovered that it's old home weekend here between HB and Frondale. Uh, they ran in some of the same circles, know some of the same people, uh, makes uh, make some of the same connections in the jazz circuit. So that's really cool. But why don't we just, because I'm talking about it, Fran, why don't you tell folks about the kind of music you grew up with, the kind of music you love, and uh, tell us a little bit about your dad and that connection. Well, uh, my dad was a real big fan of blues uh, in earlier times, and I um, began to appreciate music. It was kind of a combination of both. Um, blues on one side, I kind of, as they would say, straddle the fence. Mm. Blues on one side, gospel on the other. So both of those were playing in my home. So I think that's where I got my appreciation of music and then, mm. you know, picked up sticks and then started working on the or gospel circuit or the church circuit. Um, when I came here from, uh, in 96, when I came here to IUPUI, that's where my alma mater is, uh, I would find myself going out on Wednesday nights and Thursday nights to play blues. But on Sundays, I found myself playing in the church. So um, some of the names, uh, Tony Cheeseboro, Lester, uh, geez, I mean, W.T. Feaster, Blusion, uh, and uh, the Gordon Bonham Band. <laughs> I've, 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 I've heard them. I've played with them them. Um, some of those guys are um, really, really influential as far as me to appreciate even more music in the 70s and, mm-hmm. and some of the 80s, you know. And uh, It always yeah. fascinates me when, you know, we have guests and we have, uh, like, somebody like you comes in and we, we pretty much plan what we're going to talk about, but then something else rolls out and, you know, we start talking about music in this case right. and we want everybody to know, you know, we're not just one-dimensional people here, you know. Oh, no. We actually have lots going on in our lives. No, definitely different. Um, I have different uh, different things going, different dimensions. Well, yeah. just one more step here back uh, to your dad. Tell us a little bit about your dad and, and why that influence in music stayed with you. Well, um, my dad, he, 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 um, he was great. He, he loved, he, he was just a lover of music. Um, he didn't sing well, um, and he clapped on one and three. Um, that's a drummer's <laughs> joke. Um, but uh, he appreciated good music. He appreciated good music, um, and that's where I learned to appreciate good music. Um, he was valuable. I mean, in every aspect, you know, a lot of it. And not only my dad, you know, my mom as well. You know, they were they were valuable, valuable people. And they were valuable to me because they instilled some things, even though, you know, they, they talked at me, <laughs> um, 
it took them a time to talk at me to in order to talk to me. Um, I see my I see myself in them now with my son. Okay. So yeah. Well, let's let's make the connection from uh, music uh, to your dad uh, to your folks, and then to the issue of housing because uh, I'm sure that you probably learned a lesson or two. Uh, growing up about the necessity of housing and maybe some things that uh, you learned in that respect. Well, to be honest, when I grew up, I thought everybody had a house. You know, you always had a house to go to. If you didn't, you had an apartment. You had a place to call home. That was the most important thing. Um, so when I came to, you know, when I came of age, and started looking around, and I first got into this industry, I found out that there were so many people that were actually in the process of buying houses, which were okay, but there were some people that just really wasn't able to do it, or wasn't able to actually acquire houses. You know, you have these people that's been living for 20, 30, and 40 years, and, you know, they're very private people, but when you find out that they had, you know, they were um, using a landlord, for loneliness and not actually own the house, um, it was it was kind of a disturbing. It was a disturbing. Um, I don't even know if I could say a disturbing epiphany, yeah. mean, or the discovery. Yeah, yeah sure. So uh, I'm assuming from the kinds of uh, comments that you're making that you grew up in a home that your parents owned. Yes. Okay. So. Uh, for you, you kind of grew up and with this general sense that home ownership was, you know, kind of normal and maybe even expected and uh, something that people ought to do, should do, could do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you uh, see people now in this particular culture with uh, the difficulties that they may face, let's say, for instance, we're talking about folks who uh, maybe don't have the kind of uh, savings that might be necessary for them to take that step into home ownership because they've got to have so much of a percentage down on their home. Mm -hmm. uh, how does that how does that work out for them, and how do you help them get to the place where they can actually get that down payment? What uh, what steps do people need to go through? Uh, first thing, discovering the needs and looking and and asking them because everybody's business nowadays is everyone's business. Um, well. Their, their personal business, yeah, I'm sure. Um, asking them that what is it that they need, and then allow them to be transparent with you, mm -hmm. um, and just talk with them, and you know, discover what it is that they have as far as assets. I mean, and that, there's no number too high or low to uh, to to take. You know, um, there's no credit score too high or low. Um, I, I, I'm a strong believer um, in not saying no, but mm -hmm. I'm a strong believer. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, allowing them to be comfortable and growing that rapport where they have no problems and sharing that information mm -hmm. with me. Yeah. It sure sounds like, you know, part of what you do has to be uh, psychology. Uh, part of what you do maybe has something to do with uh uh, being even pastoral in the sense that, you know, you're kind of giving them wisdom, you're you're leading them in some way, some direction, you're shepherding people in, in a way that is uh, helping them see perhaps new things that they hadn't seen before. Um, when you think about what you do, what are some of the ideas that uh, 
kind of pop off. Maybe I've given you some ideas right there, but what are some of the things that you think of? Hey, I'm really, I really feel like I'm doing this with this individual or this family. Sure, I, I think that it's all ministry, to be honest with you. Um, you know, there's, there, there's, there's some things that you know. If if you're being, let's let's just talk about that. If you're being a vessel to kind of help a person to take, um, to turn the pages of their life, so to speak. I'm a strong believer that, you know, um, God will use you on that. God will use you with, without question. I mean, um, what can I say? It is, it's, it's, it's nothing more than ministry. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. Ministry, I... Uh, some time ago, a number of years ago, now five or six, I think, uh, I was teaching an adult Sunday school class. And in the adult Sunday school class, the title of the uh, Sunday school class was Vocation as Ministry. And one of the things that we said uh, during that particular teaching time was that whatever it is that you do, uh, that thing is ministry. So you're helping people, you're encouraging people, you're bearing with one another's burdens, uh, you're putting up with people, you know, some difficulties that maybe people have, whatever the case um, might be. So your connection to ministry really does ring true to what Scripture teaches about this is whatever it is that you do, your vocation is uh, your ministry, and that's a really a powerful idea. When you are uh, engaging with people and uh, helping people forward with the kinds of ideas that you do, Tell us some of the stories, some of the success stories of where people have gone from to where they are now. You don't have to mention names or anything like this, but, you know, general uh, overview so that people get a sense of, hey, I, I see this, uh, you know, Franz given us uh, two, three, four stories about folks, and I see myself in that story. Sure. Um, one comes to mind right now is an uh, individual that I'm currently working with, and I, um, I won't name names, but you know who she is. Uh, they know who they are. Um, she she has been with me for about six months, and um, definitely a hard worker. Um, she does her best to make sure she stays on top of things. Um, there were a couple of blemishes um, on our credit, and we worked together. Um, and it was one of those not no but not yet situations where we worked. Um, fervently, fervently, yeah, yeah, there you yeah. Go. Um, we worked uh, fervently to get her her credit up to par. Mm -hmm. And about three weeks ago, um, I was excited to let her know that she she was pre-approved. Mm, that's great. And it was it was a big release, you know. It was a big relief, and I think that there's no dollar amount. That's out there that can that you can be paid to compare to the happiness that that individual received. Mm -hmm. There's no better feeling in the world to help a person uh, answer a question that's been in the back of their mind. Mm -hmm. So you've given us a story about somebody really who you know kind of came uh, with maybe uh, 
little or nothing in the sense that they didn't necessarily have a lot to work with. Absolutely. But you got them to the place where that was a possibility. Absolutely. So I think a lot of this, correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't a lot of this really kind of hinge on credit ratings? And how how is it that you help people in that regard? Well, as far as dealing with credit, um, your credit, of course, is important. Um, one rule of thumb that I always teach or I always tell um, my clients is make sure when you have credit, um, you don't spend it all. Mm-hmm. So just for example, um, you have a $300 uh, car with $300 limit. Um, you shouldn't go beyond uh, 30% of the utilization, which means that's about $90 um, of, of use on that car, period, point blank. And once you use it, don't be afraid to pay it off immediately. If you have, you know, uh, one thing that I personally use is if I have money in my pocket and I use credit, that's the amount of credit that I would actually use to keep from having to pay interest. To have to pay interest, absolutely. And what you'll find that after about six months or so, um, there will be a a slow raise in not only your credit limit, but your credit score. And that's what's most important. So Um, could I say it this way that People need to think about playing the long game when it comes to housing. Well, absolutely. Um, and, and I mean, when I say the long game, as far as the long game, the long game. Um, once you acquire the house, and you you can be considered trustable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. With yeah. with uh, with um, with a mortgage, then everything else begins to fall in line. Okay. Well, let's come back to that concept that we uh, hit on the first segment. And I said we were going to start the second segment with, and then I forgot, which was being house poor. So let's talk about what does that mean and uh, maybe how people can stay away from becoming that way. House poor is is basically being excited about everything and running all all of your your pre-approval or what it is, your approval amount up to the max. Um, you know, you, you were pre-approved for a $220,000 house. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to buy a house that's worth Mm $220,000. You know, uh, you, you would probably, um, it would probably be beneficial to stay within the same amount of what it is that you can afford for rent, Mm -hmm. you know, for $650. If you do a $650, that's probably about $130,000. $130,000, dollars house, mm-hmm. you don't have to go and double up the payments mm-hmm. to, to have that. Yeah. Because what happens playing the loan game, um, you end up uh, upside down, um, mm-hmm. you, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. You've mm-hmm. heard that expression. Yeah. So um, we, we try to, um, in that case, scale you back. Okay. So what is, let's talk about the percentages now. Mm-hmm. Let's say, well, I don't know if we're going to talk about salaries necessarily, but let's just say, talk about percentages. How much of what you bring home every week or every month, however you do your finances, uh, should you put into housing? So, so yeah. So, basically, you're talking about debt-to-income ratio. Your debt-to-income ratio should be no more than maybe about 45%. That's what your your regular lenders So, 45% say. is what? 
is is forty five percent of your total income. Okay. Yeah. But that's the amount that you're paying on debt, is what you're saying. In total. Yes. In total. Yeah. Okay. That's an that's a good round number. Okay. So that kind of gives everybody an understanding of I shouldn't if I go into a house situation then I shouldn't go over that amount. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and and let me um let me expand on that a little bit. Um, that goes from forty five percent. And I mean, that can go all the way over to some other things, you know, it's all lender specific. Okay. So, but what I would say personally, 45% would be good, a good round number. Okay. So, and we're talking about the issue of being house poor. Is there ever a situation where, you know, let's say, for instance, a financial downturn happens and, uh, you know, people, uh, let's say back in 2007, 2008, 2009, we talked a lot about mortgages being underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk about the kinds of help that you're giving to people, mm-hmm. how do you help them stay away from scenarios like that? Well, I mean, the beautiful part about that is that there has been a lot of change in the financial industry that kind of safeguards the the client from that or the member from that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, they're, they're the products that they have of the years where they thought, hey, that was a really, really good idea, like your um, your interest-only, stated income type of products, mm-hmm. they, we, we have a tendency to stay away from those now. Mm-hmm. Um, we are now doing fixed interest rate loans. Um, a lot of people are looking to go to fixed because they know that that monthly payment is going to stay right there. Right there. Um, you may have a deviation uh, from from the beginning of the loan because of the property taxes that you mentioned before. But it's actually a blessing, well, it's a blessing and a curse, so to speak, because your appreciation value goes up, which means that you know you have a higher margin for equity in your home um, as in comparison to you know your your taxes going up. You gotta pay a little bit more to to, to pay you gotta pay the state. So right, exactly. So, so I I remember when uh, this kind of commitment was being talked about in the uh, legislature here mm-hmm. in Indiana. This was when Mitch Daniels was governor, and um, I think they put through, what is it, a 1.5% cap, yes. uh, something like that, so that you're, you, know, you can't keep raising rates well, on people. Well, it's actually 1% for the state of Indiana. 1%. Yeah, okay. it's 1% for the state of Indiana. Um, what we do is... Uh, they don't go beyond that. So if you say um, you have a $140,000 house that's looking at roughly about um, $1,400. Yeah, $1,400. So $1,400 in taxes a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And what happens then, of course, in worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario. Yes, worst-case scenario. Yeah. So it's really important then when – you talk with people about this, not to overextend themselves. There's another term that we have a tendency to use sometimes. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the overextension. When you talk about this with people in terms of housing, uh, do you talk about how much they spend on other things and can they discipline themselves in other areas, those kinds of issues? Absolutely. We look at a, a total picture of everything that they do. Um, we look at your revolving credit. That's one of the major ones. We look at house notes, well, we're existing rent or house in some cases for those people that are transitioning over to a new build or something mm-hmm. like that, or, or a new existing. We look at the um, the car notes, mm-hmm. 
And we'll also look at installments, anything that's involved in revolving credit, that's what we look at. Um, and then we compare that to what it is that they make on a monthly basis gross. So you, people really have to be transparent with you, or okay. they better be. Well, I mean, yeah, it's beneficial for them to, yeah. you know, if, if you know, and, and in, in a situation where, you know, everybody is very private with their information, they're not going to remember everything. Sure. And that's okay. We understand that. I Me mean, as in my profession, I understand that. But try to be as accurate and precise as, 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 as possible. Yeah. One of the uh, groups that we really haven't talked about much, and, and maybe we should talk about more, are those people who are considered to be of AARP age, uh, which means people like me now, because I'm 62, so uh, you know I'm, I'm over the hill, uh, some people would think. But anyway, um, when we talk about folks who, let's say, are getting... Shout out to the <laughs> when we talk about folks who are getting older, uh, what are some of the things that you might be saying to them about next steps, uh, think about the future, what are some ideas there? Well, really, it's actually the reverse. They actually tell me what it is that they want to okay. do. So, you know, at 62, you know, you're, in that case, you're only as old as you feel. You know, some people think that they can still maintain you know, a, a 2,000, 3,000 square foot house. I mean, who am I to come in and say, well, you know, you may not want to do that. Mm -hmm. um, me, on the other hand, is, you know, you tell me what it is your wishes are, and I can tell you what it is it's going to take for you to get there. Mm -hmm. So so it's really important then to, to generally have an understanding that it's important to have a conservative mindset when it comes to uh, finance. It all things, yes. Yeah, so... So you're not overextending yourself. You're Absolutely. not overspending. Mm -hmm. You don't just go and blow money that you know on something that's going to be here and gone tomorrow. That kind of thing, mm -hmm. unless it's you know an experience that you want to have and you've saved for it, whatever. Right. So savings, as far as you're concerned, savings is paramount in home ownership. Absolutely, savings is paramount. Credit, making sure um, your credit is uh, is in good shape. Uh, right now, the uh, the bare minimum that we look at, um, as far as number wise, as my lender is concerned, as far as my lender is concerned, is six hundred twenty. Um, but there are some places. Don't let that have you lose hope, because there are some places that will offer uh, as low as five eighty. Mm -hmm. And I've heard some other stories is between five hundred and five twenty. But I don't want to go back and check that. Sure, yeah, of course. Uh, this has been a really important conversation to have this morning for folks that are listening out there who maybe they're renting uh, and thinking about home ownership. Maybe they just got married and uh, their situation has now changed. They want to get out of that rental property, whatever the case may be. Sure. Uh, seconds, Ron, and tell us uh, something that you want to make sure everybody remembers. Uh, in your voice, from your perspective, what's the important thing to remember? First and foremost, just understand that it is not as hard as one would make it out to be. It is, you can do this. Um, coming from an individual who was foolish um, in his early years with his money um, to where he is right now, being blessed uh, with a home, and, and, and better financial picture than what I was, let's just say, about nine or ten years ago. Um, you can make it, man. You can make it. You can. You, this, this, this is not. It's not rocket science. 
Um, I, there are people that are out there that's like me, that are like-minded, that really want to see you win, who definitely want to see you turn a page. You deserve it. Um, you definitely deserve it. Um, everything that's coming with you, or, uh, coming to you, you deserve it. So um, let me just let me know. Um, I'll leave my information here on how it is that we can help you. Uh, and that's 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 yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, we'll make sure to get the information. Anybody who reaches out to us, for those of you who've been watching us on Facebook Live, thanks so much for all the waves and the connections. Uh, I guess can't necessarily wave right now, but I'll talk with you later on. <laughs> yeah, outside of that kind of wave. Uh, this uh, this is always something I think that's good when you give people information that's helpful. And one of the things I wanted to end on here was the issue of something you said. I don't want anybody to, to walk away and forget. And that is the blessing of God. Yeah. And the importance of how he his work in your life has been beneficial. Well, let's just be honest. That should have been point number one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't do this without, I, 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 I don't even know how I got here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just like, be very honest with you. I have absolutely no idea how I got here. So if I had looked in the future 10 years from where I was 10 years ago, I would have never said that I would have never been here. Yeah, so. These are important ideas, things that you uh, maybe need to hear uh, from a church perspective, from a God-centered perspective. Of course, this is what this program comes from. You've been listening to Warp and Woof Radio, Radio Next.tv, the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday from 11 to 11.50. Next week, we have Gary Means coming in, uh, talking about financial future. Looking forward to having him on the program. And thankful so much for Fran uh, being with us here today. Thanks ever so much. No, and thank you. Thank both of you guys for allowing me to even be in this uh, this area to share with yeah. the people here on Facebook and actually on podcast radio. Yeah. So I look forward to speaking with you guys. And um, hopefully, you know, this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship. There you go. And of course, HB Bell, we're grateful for his production behind the scenes. Thanks ever so much. We'll see you again next week.